The synonyms for lamenting is this, to cry out, to wail, to weep, to moan. That's more accurate of what lamenting is. The Hebrew word for lament that we find in the book of Job and throughout Psalms, actually, is the word kaleo, and that means to wail, whether it's with tears or with other external expressions of grief, to wail. Matthew's commentary says this about lament. In a biblical sense, it is a heartfelt expression to God, laying out your most inner feelings in sorrows. Let me read that again. It is heartfelt expression to God, laying out your most inner feelings in sorrows. Remember the synonym, synonym to cry out. David in the Psalms uses the expression cry out or cried out multiple times. In fact, there are 20 Psalms that are labeled the Psalms of supplication or prayer Psalms. And in them, the phrase, I cried out, is used 50 times. It's a favorite expression of David's. David says, I cried out, I cried to my God. The phrase cried out actually is used over 300 times in Scripture. So cry out, lament, it's the same thing. Now I confess, when I, for many, many years, when I heard the word lament, I envisioned somebody whining. And I didn't like that. Uh, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't like whiners. And actually, you know what? God doesn't like whiners either. He likes lamenters, and I'll get to that in a moment. But not whiners. There's a difference. When you whine, you're saying, I feel sorry for myself, and I want everybody to feel sorry for me too. But lament is different. God doesn't like whiners. He likes winners. Let me say that again. He doesn't like whiners. He likes winners. And that's what he calls us to be. Lament is not about whining. Lament is an aggression of grief and sorrow and pain. And it's an expression that God fully understands. God understands our lamenting. So Tom, this morning, are you saying that we are to lament and that's appropriate to, uh, to lament to God in times of grief, sorrow and pain? And the answer is yes. Now, one of the things I'm cutting out this morning is this. I've been reading <clears throat> this book right here. The title of it, The Cry of the Soul. And the subtitle down here, How Our Emotions Reveal Our Deepest Questions About God. Now, I'm reading this with a friend, and, and he and I are kind of discussing this. It's kind of weird, two men trying to get in touch with their feelings. But, you know, <laughs> so a great book. I would recommend it. I'm only partially through it, but uh, The Cry of the Soul. And it talks about expressing our emotions in such a way that we can truly touch God and get in touch with God. One of the things I confess about lamenting and even some of the things I read and hear about getting in touch of our emotions and how that touches God and helps us to understand who God is. I confess that showing emotions and expressing your feelings in this kind of way is strange. I, I wasn't brought up that way. We were taught as kids to be respectful and don't question authority and you know, don't speak until spoken to and et cetera and et cetera and et cetera. I, that's the kind of household I grew up in. And um, the other thing on top of that, which compounds my issues about emotions and then 
for a long time, understanding who God is, is the fact that I'm Scandinavian, mostly Swede, and Swedes don't show emotions much. And that kind of worked against me too. In my family, we had little emotional support and expressions of love verbally. Uh, doesn't mean that I had a bad family. In fact, we had a great family. And I know that my dad loved us and he loved my mom deeply. But with my dad's Swedish background, born and raised in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and so forth, the emotional side of it wasn't easy for him and just didn't come out. In fact, he thought by working hard and providing for us and putting food on the table and clothes on our back, that showed that he loved us, and, and we truly understood that. He also would say something like this. Actually, I'm probably making it up, but anyways, you'll get the point. Uh, he'd say something like uh, to my mom, I told you I loved you at the altar, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> You know, that kind of a thing. But my dad loved us, and we knew that. But as a Swede, we take our emotions and we push it down and, and we cover it up and we bury it. It's, it's who we are. Some folks are instinctively horrified at the idea of crying out to God. They really are. There are some Christians who teach passive res resignation even to tragic events in our lives. Everything that happens, so they think, happens because of a direct application of the will of God in our lives. To question what happens, therefore, is almost blasphemy because we're questioning the Almighty. This passive resignation did affect my understanding of God and how, my, how I am to interact with God. Many of us experience pain and deep sorrows and suffering in our lives, and if you haven't, keep on living because that's part of life. So the question this morning how shall we, as God's people, people of faith, respond appropriately when these bad and tough things happen in our lives? Some of us search for explanations. We think that we can figure out some reason why these bad things happen. And if we just figure it out, we'll, we will be healed. Everything will be fine. Well, you wouldn't be the first to think this way. Spiritual thinkers and philosophers for thousands of years have asked these questions. If I could only figure it out, I'll be healed and I'll be better. Yet, Scripture gives us no clear answers to the whys of our life. There's no answers to why bad things happen to good people. I hate to tell you that, but it's true. Scripture does not try to link tragedy and pain to some larger purpose. No, Scripture gives us something different. Scripture teaches us to cry out to God, to lament when tragedy and sadness happens. Now, let's get back to Job. I just want to read a little bit. I have chapter 10 on my notes here. I'm just going to read parts of it. This is Job's response to God in response to his so-called friends. Here's what he says, starting with verse 1. I loathe my life, therefore I will give free rein to my complaint, and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. I say to God, do not declare me guilty, but tell me what charges you have against me. Does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the works of your hands while you smile on the plans of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see as a mortal sees? Are your days like those of a mortal and your years like those of a strong man? That you must search out my faults and probe me in my sin. 
Though you know that I'm not guilty and that no one can rescue me from your hand. Your hands shaped me and made me. Will you now turn and destroy me? Remember that you molded me like clay. Will you now turn to turn me to dust again? Didn't you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews? You gave me life and you showed me kindness. And in your providence watch over my spirit. Down to 18. Why then did you bring me out of this world? Out of the womb, I wish I had died before any eyes saw me. If only I had never come into being or had been carried straight from the womb to the grave. And not my few days almost, and then not that my uh, few days almost over, turn away from me so that I can have a moment's joy before I go to the place of no return, to the land of the gloom and utter darkness, to the land of the deepest night of utter darkness and disorder, where even the light is like darkness. Now, when you stop and you analyze those words, um, Job was really expressing the innermost feelings of his heart. He wasn't whining. Now, I wish I had uh, kind of a theatrical background. I'm not good at this. I don't, I'm not even going to attempt to it. But you have to imagine this chapter is chapter 10 and a couple others near the end of the book. Job is not talking like I'm talking in front of you. Job is talking like this, and he's shaking his fist, and he's angry, and he's mad. He says, why have you done this to me? And kind of that tone, and then read through the scripture. So try that sometime. I'm not good at it, but you might be. That's the way Job was speaking in this time. He had a heartfelt expression to God laying out his innermost feelings. Remember the story of Job? Job was a righteous man in the world, and he was living the perfect life. He was wealthy, and he looked after the poor, and he had a wonderful family. And one day it all came crashing in. As one commentary put it, the Sabaeans ran off with his donkeys and his oxen and slaughtered his hired hands. Lightning struck the sheep team and burned up the whole flock not to mention even the shepherds. The Chaldeans rustled his camels and made short work of the camel drivers. And then a hurricane hit with such devastating effect on the house where his seven uh, sons and three daughters were having a party that after the storm, there was not even enough left in the wreckage to identify them. On top of all of that, Job was suffering from leprosy. But what was Job's response? He did not show patience or quiet resignation. No, Job lamented by crying out to God, wrestling with God, complaining to God, a God who seemed utterly absent. You see, lamenting is the way many people in the Bible responded to God in times of tragedy and suffering. The Bible does not, as I mentioned, give any clear-cut answers to the whys of tragedy, nor does it teach us Passive resignation. No, the Bible teaches us to grapple with God, to wrestle with him, to cry out to God. The Bible is full of examples of lament. I pulled out just a couple and do this quickly. In Psalm 22, as an example, the psalmist says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Recognize those words? Jesus on the cross. This is a psalm of lament. Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? 
from my words of groaning, the words that Jesus himself lamented. Is it okay to lament? Jesus himself lamented. In Mark 15, actually, it says this in verse 33, At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then Jesus cried out again in a loud voice. Notice, I read that rather quickly, but in Mark it says, he cried out with a loud voice. He was not whining. And the second, in verse 37, it echoes that. He cried out in a loud voice, and then he gave up his spirit. He wasn't whining. Christ cried out his heart to God, laying out his most inner feelings in sorrows. And I have another example. I'm just going to read the first sentence. And Jeremiah is an example, another expression of crying out and physically getting involved. It says this in chapter 20, starting with verse 7. Jeremiah shook his fist at God and bellowed at him. Now, when you analyze those words, it's like yelling angry angrily at God, shook his fists and bellowed, and basically goes on to say, why have you treated this me this way, and so forth. And in fact, we all know the book of Lamentations, Lamentations, is all about laments of the people of Israel whose nation was destroyed and carried off in chains to captivity in Babylon. Job had four friends, if you want to call them that, who were horrified dismayed and annoyed, and annoyed at his lamenting. Eliphaz <clears throat> told him to suck it up and stop moaning. Others have been through worse. Bildad made the charming comment that Job's dead children merely got what they deserved for being sinners. And Zophar said he, shouldn't, he should have been thankful that God didn't punish him any worse and that Job better shut up and repent or God's really going to hammer him. Kind of my words here. And then Elihu told him this, Job, God's only trying to teach you something through all this. Uh, now, you may know people that try to comfort others like that. I hope you don't. <laughs> but there are people that have used language like that, even in Christian circles. Those people see the universe as a place where good people get blessed and, and uh, bad people get punished. With that in mind... They figure out if one is suffering, that person's being punished. This line of thinking cannot deal with tragedy or ambiguity or the absence of God. Somebody's got to be blamed for all of this. Lamenting has no place in that sort of thinking. But God is looking for something different. God is looking for us to be real in our responses to him. God wants us to express our real hurts and our real feelings I'll just read one quick example and then jump to the hopeful and the hope part of this. Chuck Swindell uh, tells of a time that he was speaking on the Psalms of Lament. And after his service, a man came up to him and says, Do you really mean I can talk to God that way? And Swindell said, Yes, you can. The man went on to explain that four years earlier, his little girl had been killed in a car accident. Others taught the man not to question what happened. And he bottled up his pain for all those years. After their conversation, the man walked over to a darkened corner of the sanctuary, and Swindoll watched him 
shake his fist at the sky and saying over and over a word that really is not suitable for repeating. That grieving father lamented before God. The man's shaking fist at God and crying out that the Almighty was perhaps the truest, truest prayer that he ever uttered in his life. You see, lamenting is not a cry of unbelief, but rather a cry of faith. A cry from a person of faith who believes in God, trusts in God, even though things around him are falling apart. We need to understand something about the gospel. The gospel is not for the good and the righteous and the smugly content people. No, it's not. It's for those that are hurting, suffering, and struggle, and lament. For those who cry out to God for help and for deliverance. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not God's pat on the head for being a good person. It is God himself giving us grace through Christ to survive the darkest times of our, our life. Let's skip a little, a couple other examples of, uh, of lamenting in the Bible. And I just want to get down to this thing. Could God handle our grief, our anger, and our pain? God is not offended by our lament. The author of this book right here, says, in part of it, he says, God has come to be among us in Christ. Shake your fist at him, spit in his face, scourge him, and finally crucify him. Why does it matter? My friend, it's already been done. Finally, does lamenting do any good? If you remember in our scripture reading, Job said, do you have eyes of flesh to God? Do you see as humans see? Job wanted to know if God could understand, could see, or feel any suffering. This is one of the great questions of the ages, but we know the answer. The answer to Job's question is yes. Yes, because of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who endured abuse and scorn and torture, and who died after rasping out those incredibly shocking words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Words of lament from a psalm of lament coming from the lips of the Son of God, who hung there, bleeding, dying, and alone, experiencing the absolute terror of the absence of the Father. Do you get that? When those nails were pounded into Jesus' hand, God himself felt the very pain and every strike of the hammer. When Jesus hung gasping for breath and dying, that was God up there struggling for breath. Do you see what kind of God we worship? One who came to this earth and down to us, down to the depths of human life, to share it all, even absence and death and pain. Our Lord still carries those wounds in his resurrected, resurrected body. Wounds that forever connect God with human tragedy and pain and wounds. And, and this ensures that when God's people lament, he understands their language. For Christ himself spoke it. Lament is never the last word, though, in faith. For faith moves God. Faith causes God to take action. Perhaps one of the, <clears throat> not as quickly as we like, but God does appear as he did to Job. And he dazzled Job so much that Job was speechless and God did bless him. Jesus' life was not extinguished after rasping out those words of lament. For God, for the God he trusted while even on the cross, raised him from the dead. And that same Jesus, 
who has risen, comes to us, supports us, cradles us when we lament. He understands, and he brings us through to the other side. Let me just end here with just a couple of Psalms. Psalm 34, just quickly say uh, the Psalm and go quickly here. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cries. Psalm 18, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called to God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, my cry, and before him, he heard with his ears. Psalm 18, again, he reached down from on high and took me, took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from the powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Psalm 30, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cries and he lifted me out of a slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. Many will see and fear the Lord and will put their trust in him. Psalm 34, the righteous cry out, the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And finally, Psalm 30, you turned my wailing into dancing. <laughs> Picture that. Is it okay to cry out to the Lord to lament? Psalm 30 says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That is, my heart may sing a new song, your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. What's my point this morning? God is not taken back by our lamenting. God is not surprised. He is not without understanding when we cry out to the Lord, when we lament. It's not whining when you say, God, I am hurting and I need you to heal me. It's not whining when we turn to God with our true feelings and our innermost sorrows and our pain. Because our Psalms promise us every time the psalmist cries out, it always ends with that psalm by something to the effect that God heard my cries. You heard it. He turned my wailing into dancing. He put my feet on a solid rock. He delivered me from my enemies. We serve a good God this morning. Somebody needed to hear something about, about crying out to God. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, you're not surprising God at all. He can handle it.